I'm Emily Peterson with Becoming You Forever. This is episode 153, Why Change is So Hard. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for being here at the Becoming You Forever podcast. My name is Emily Peterson, and I will be your host. I am a master energy healer and certified neural life coach. I'm a mother of four and a wife of 15 years. I love the beach. I love my feet in the sand and the water and connecting to the earth and all things music and fun and play. I love dance fights with my son where we play and pretend. And you know what? I love using my unique gifts and abilities to help busy women access their inner guidance, confidence, and power to be able to transform their life from the inside out, to finally conquer overwhelm and anxiety, and to feel in control of their lives again, thus becoming the next level version of themselves, becoming you forever. Thanks for being here. Hey guys, today I want to dive deeper into why change is so hard, why it can be so hard to make little tiny changes, big changes, why we feel anxiety or fear or whatever around change, that sometimes we don't even know what's actually causing us to feel this anxiety when we want to change things or why it's so hard or why it takes so long or what's actually happening in our brain and in our body. And so I want to share a little bit about that. So there's this man, his name is Dr. Joe Dispenza. You can look him up on YouTube. Um, You can find him with many books at the library and just learn more about your brain. He's really phenomenal. So the basis of why it's so hard to change is because emotions and feelings are the end product of our experiences. And we've all been branded from experiences that produce really strong emotions. Okay, so if we want to understand a little bit more about that is everything that we've experienced in our lives due to emotions and feelings, then that produces that experience and it cycles through. And then that produces really strong emotions. So our experiences added with all of those feelings and emotions and the end product being what we have basically branded on ourselves to be, you know, our experience, then that becomes an even stronger emotional experience. So from from some event in our life, we notice a change in our internal chemistry. So we notice that um, something happened in our life, there's this experience, and then all of a sudden, we we have this feeling attached to it. And then we notice that there's something happening. So we, we notice a sensation in our body. We notice things changing or taking place. And then we pay attention to whatever or whoever caused that. So if somebody said something and it hurt us or we felt offended or something, then we notice that experience we notice and we hold on to what was said or what somebody did and we pay attention to it. Then there's this refractive period where there's a chemical reaction. And if we don't know how to control that chemical reaction, then we let those emotions linger. And if we let those emotions linger for like an hour or a day, that's called a mood. And then that becomes our reason to behave or misbehave. So it causes the reason that we act a certain way. Does that make sense? So when somebody just says, 
so what's wrong with you today? Like, what's going on? And then you just say, oh, I'm just in this mood. And then we use that as our excuse or justifying why we're going to behave or misbehave a certain way. And then if we dwell on this for months, that is called a temperament. So if it's just a few days, that's called a mood. If it's a few months that we dwell on it, it's called a temperament. And then it continues to layer and we memorize our emotional reaction. And then if this refractor period keeps going on for years, so these memorized behaviors and thoughts and emotions combined together, if it goes on for years, then that becomes a personality trait. Are you with me? So this is pretty cool. And it's helpful to understand because then we can break it down. But these emotions literally can become very addictive. So emotions like anger or fear or pain or hurt or um, discomfort, all of these, like there's so many emotions that can be part of this. They give the body a rush of energy. So if you've ever noticed when you're feeling angry, It's like you feel in your body, if you actually took time to just sit with that anger, you'd feel different sensations in your body. You wouldn't just feel that emotion. You would literally feel your body tense up. Your face might turn red. You might start shaking or whatever. And same with anxiety where you would start to feel nervous. You'd start to feel your body shaking. You'd notice... um, a sensation in your stomach or in your chest as it tightens up, wherever you feel it. So if you took the time to feel those emotions, you'd know where they're coming from. But because it has become memorized, it literally becomes part of our personality trait and it just becomes part of how we respond. And then they give the body a rough rush of energy. So as it gives the body a rush of energy, it literally becomes so addictive because it's so familiar, it's easy to access, and it it feels a void within us that we didn't know how to fill. Even if it's a negative one, it still does something and it, it's this rush. So that's how it becomes addictive. And then what happens over time is that we become unconsciously addicted to our emotions. And then this reaffirms who we are according to some past experience. So it continues to cycle like something happened to you in your past and it was traumatic or it was just an experience that you continue to replay and you share it over and over and over again, trying to get people to see your side of things. You're finding evidence. You're continually drawing attention to this experience and it reaffirms to you that this is just part of your life and this is just part of how you are experiencing your life. And then these feelings create or generate thoughts. And then the thoughts create more feelings. So there are ways that you can look at this. It's kind of like, did the chicken come first or did the egg come first? Did the thought come first or the feeling come first? And I I believe the experience or um, what is happening around us happens first. And we usually have some kind of a thought around what we think about that experience. And then that creates an emotion. But sometimes we, we react emotionally first. So we think that the emotion comes first and then we think something about that emotion and we judge ourselves for it. And then that literally continues 
to be memorized. It becomes a memorized behavior, a memorized thought. And that creates more feelings, which causes us to take a certain type of action or to not take action at all. So it can cause us to continue cycling these emotions and these feelings. So if you are feeling negative and the chemical reaction is, you know, negativity in your thoughts and in your feelings and in the sensations and everything, it continues to generate even more of that negativity. And over time, this cycle of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking, um, it conditions the body to memorize the emotion better than the conscious mind. So the body then becomes in control. And whenever the body knows better than the mind, that's called a habit. So we've created habits in our lives because of things that we have experienced, the thoughts and the feelings, and the way that we have continued to move forward because of them, and who we become because of them. And then when the body then is the mind, 95% of who we are by the time we are 35, it sits in a subconscious or unconscious memory system. And instead of memorized behaviors and emotion, emotional reactions that are happening behind the scenes of our awareness, now a person wants to change. So there's things about us like different habits that we have and things that we want to start changing because maybe we were a very negative person or we did focus on all the things that were hard and we've had traumas, but now we we realize, I really want to change all of this. I want to do better. I want to be better. I want to know what's going on with me. What what can I do? We want to change all of this. But instead of the memorized behaviors and emotional reactions that are happening behind the scenes of our awareness, a person wants to change, which we now are going to use 5% of our conscious mind to go against 95%. So when we want to change, there's only that 5% of our mind available, that is our conscious mind, which right here, right now, aware, going against the 95%, which is all of our memorized programming and the subconscious mind. And then we start to think positively. So we go, okay, I want to change. So then we start doing positive affirmations. We start doing more positive things, but we're still feeling negative and we're trying to force ourselves to have a positive experience, but our emotions are still negative. Even if our thoughts are trying to be more positive, it's not, it's not in sync. So then the mind and the body are in opposition, right? So we're in opposition to each other. And then like we pray, we set our intentions for a great future, but then we feel guilty. And in the mind and body, if they're in opposition, then that just keeps us from being able to receive and do the things that we've been wanting to do. And as we have become addicted so much to these emotions, it makes it even harder to get out of that. So, we need to recondition the body to the new mind. So to recondition the body to the new mind, recondition those negative feelings to the positive feelings, which we want to, you know, all the things that we're already trying to think positively with, we need to attach the emotion with it, right? So recondition the body to the new mind. And this is what literally what meditation will do because you're going to become more familiar with 
what's actually happening as you're sitting still, laying still, becoming more familiar with what's going on in your mind, what's going on with your body and the feelings and the sensations and taking time to just breathe and to stop overthinking and stop letting our subconscious mind be in control of this programming. We take time to be still. And as we sit and meditate, we get into the operation of the subconscious mind, becoming aware and familiar with that subconscious programming or the old self. So if we want to generate change and create something new in our lives, create new habits, we literally need to be okay with letting ourselves be in the moment to sit with those emotions, to sit with those feelings, to sit with those thoughts and let things just be as they are for a moment. Stop trying to resist it because when we resist change, then we're just going to be resisting our life. We resist these emotions and these thoughts. They're just going to keep showing up and being more present. What we resist persists. So if we're trying to resist it, we're trying to push it away, we're trying to change it, and we're trying to be the one to control it so much, it's going to have this pushback effect. And so what we need to do is through meditation, we, we become more conscious of our unconscious thoughts and programming. And then we become more aware of our thoughts and we become more aware of those emotions that are coming through. And we become more aware of how it's affecting our body, how it's affecting our life. And we, we allow ourselves to just lean in to that resistance. We lean into that negativity. We lean in. It's not like we're embracing it saying, okay, you're here and I love you. Let's stay here forever. What we're doing is allowing it. Okay, I feel this way. I, I have this emotion. I have this sensation in my body. I feel this anxiety. I feel this fear. What is taking place? What's happening? We're not trying to go back in the past and literally relive it, but sometimes there are situations where we do go back to the past and we just love ourselves through it. There have been times where in a meditation, I have gone back through a specific time in my past and I have, as my current self, gone to that version of me and I have sat with her and I have just had compassion and love and empathy and shown that love and then allowed myself to work through it. And because of that process, I now have healed certain parts of me that now can be more conscious and aware of what I can experience and want to experience. So instead of resisting all of the negative thoughts and emotions and those sensations in the body and letting those be the control of us, we then sit still, we take time to see what's taking place, and then the change can start to happen because we start to see one little thing that we can shift in our life. When one little way that we can change the neural pathways of our brain so that we can start feeling what we want to feel along with the thought that we want to think. So we become more conscious and aware of, oh, 
oh, that's why I usually think these thoughts because I've had this experience in the past where someone said something and all of a sudden my mind goes all over the place and thinks that this thing that they said means this in my life, which means I'm automatically going to start to feel this certain emotion. And then I'm going to choose to either act out, I'm going to respond, I'm going to get upset, or I'm going to turn inside and I'm not going to even want to talk to anybody or whatever. And then it keeps cycling. And in order to get over this cycle, it's like an addiction. It literally takes changing one thing at a time, changing the way we think about it, which changes the way we feel about it. And that changes our behavior. And when we change our behavior, we then get a new result in our life. So if we start recognizing that, okay, I'm feeling really anxious. Usually we notice our feeling first, right? We notice the emotion first. We're feeling anxious. We're feeling angry. We're feeling afraid. Whatever that emotion is, take the time to be with yourself in that moment as the emotion starts to rage, as the emotion starts to come up. It's just energy and motion is emotion. So we be with ourselves when that emotion comes up. And as we sit and we breathe and we start to close our eyes and we start to just pay attention. Okay, where am I feeling this emotion? What is, what is the sensation that's happening in my body? What is happening in my mind because I'm feeling this? You can notice the thoughts that are generating through that emotion. And then you can start consciously being more aware of, oh, I usually feel upset when my child behaves this way. I feel out of control. I can't control them. I wish they would stop behaving a certain way. And that causes me to feel upset or anxiety or something. So now if I know the two are linked and I know, okay, if I can instead stop resisting this emotion and this child's behavior and instead be like, okay, I just expect this is the way they behave sometimes. When this happens, they act this way. Then I start feeling this way because I'm thinking this thing about this child. And then I start acting upset. Like I act out. I get upset. I yell. I, you know, go and be by myself or whatever it is that we do. If we want to change a habit, we need to sit with our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind, and become more conscious and aware of it. Okay, so I just wanted to leave you with this because I thought it was so fascinating and I'm continually learning and I'm continually applying these things in my own life and I know it can be hard. I know it can be uncomfortable, but change is possible. And even just one little thing at a time can really make a huge impact. But just remember, if we resist it and we're pushing so hard away or we want to change it so bad that it just becomes so emotional for us, that's when it's going to be even harder to let that change happen. And it's going to be even harder to allow ourselves the process. If we don't process through it, 
consciously, then it's just going to continue to be our programming. We want to reprogram the brain by becoming more conscious and aware. So I hope you have a fantastic day and we'll chat next time. See ya. Thank you for showing up and being part of the Becoming You Forever community. If any of this is valuable to you, I ask that you would share with others. Just go ahead and share the link. And you could also get onto iTunes if you have the opportunity and share a review and leave me a five star because I know that that's how you are. You show up and you just help and serve so many other people. We help one another as we share what is of value to us. And I am so grateful to be here. If you do not have a coach and you are seeking more support and just need more clarity in your life and want more harmony and confidence to thrive and to become that next level version of yourself, I would love to be your coach and I would love to support you however I can. So go ahead and just reach out at www.insightsfromemily.org.